Good morning. I'd like us to turn to First Peter chapter one, and uh, let us just read a couple of verses. The first three verses. If we can do that together, I'll appreciate it. So we can get the reading out of the way, because I've got few things I want to say first. Let's read together. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again to a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Amen. I, I told myself years ago, I don't want to be bending into a microphone because I don't want to be, I want to end up a bent back preacher. Like I see a whole lot of preachers. That's why I was trying to get the mic up. But since I can't get it up, I'll just hold it in my hand. Is that all right? Let me first of all say I want to thank our moderator and the East Coast for all that they have done for Virgin Islands missions. And the East Coast means a whole lot to me and to all of us in the Virgin Islands because it was in 1968, you might have heard some of this already, but I gotta say, when the late Dr. Wells stumbled upon me and I refused to let him preach for me when he came to St. Thomas because the white folk that normally come, when I found out they were black preachers, I said, don't come back here unless you bring a black Baptist preacher. So he brought a few of them, the late Dr. C.V. Ford, the late Dr. Parker, the late Willie Young, and Dr. W.O. Wells. And he assigned W.O. Wells to preach at Bethel. So I told him back then, that you don't assign anybody for this church. I'm the pastor here. You gotta first ask me if he can come. But you told me to bring black preachers. Yes, I did, but see, white folk always want to be the boss in everything. So I just have to let them know, well, I still pastor here. So you should have at least let me know. But Dr. Wells understood that. So he didn't preach for me. But we became good friends. And he said, I want to bring you to America. And brethren, that was a great challenge to me because when I thought about coming to America, I've always thought that America was a breed apart until I got here. But when our white brothers 
and I'm prefacing all this because of what I want to say this morning. When our white brothers found out that I was associating with the black brothers, they cast doom. You'll never make it. Never make it. Because the black brother's not going to help you. And I said to them, well, if they don't do what God says that you're saying they don't do, then I'll be a missionary to the black brothers. Because they were dealing with tithing and supporting missions and all that. But for God has been a good God. I told them, and you know when you're young, you have a little stupidity along with your rightness. So I was young and stupid with my rightness. So I just cussed them off. <laughs> and told them, let me suffer. Let me suffer. But I came here and I can never forget the late brother from Jacksonville, what's his name, was the president back in the day. Coleman. Coleman said, young man, I give you five minutes to state your cause. <laughs> For all the convention, five minutes. And in those days, people attended the convention. So I spoke in five, five minutes. And they raised that day $500. $100 a minute. So I said, well, I don't care. The black church gives. So we're going to work on that. But brethren, the struggle that I've had in this ministry, and brother, you don't know how much you encouraged me these two days, I mean, and solidify my heart. The struggle I've always had with this ministry is why would God call a young fellow like me who was steeped going into witchcraft and didn't have any other person on my, on my father and mother's side to encourage me. So I called myself a root of the dry ground. And not only that, when he saved me, he gave me the desire, and I knew that for sure, to work in the Caribbean and plant churches on all these islands. And I did not know how I'm going to get it done. Because I wasn't educated. I was just 17 years old. All I knew to do was to preach on the streets. But I know like I'm hearing it even now that God was speaking to me. That you've got to do this job because all the islands were steeped into witchcraft. My mother's side, my father's side. I mean it was so bad and I loved it. Because being poor and they tell you this can help you out. Oh man I love that. But God stopped me in my tracks and turned around and saved me and gave me this ministry. And I couldn't understand it. And even, even during the course of my life, I still couldn't grasp and still don't grasp it all. But, but, but I can't give up. Brethren, the thing that helped me most was the fact that an old white preacher told me, preach the doctrines of Scripture and believe the doctrines of Scripture. 
And once you do that, you'll build a great church. You'll be greatly encouraged, for you will need Bible doctrine to lean on when the trouble comes your way. I'm always a stickler for biblical doctrines. The text tells us that Peter was speaking to the church that was scattered. Scattered. Persecution always presents either growth or bitterness among God's people. Either growth or bitterness. And persecution is relative. Because what the brothers went through back in the day with persecution, we don't have that today. What we call persecution is when the preacher would say something that we don't like and it's against me. And I'm getting ready to leave church and I'm going to pull out and leave. But whatever, whatever persecution is to you, if you are not grounded in the word of God, you will be misled by your own thoughts and your own doings. Well, it's ironic that, that, that Peter would be called to reach these people who have left and scattered. Because you know who Peter was. Peter was the first fella to get up and walk away from his task. And you know that. He would walk away immediately. He even cursed denying Christ because he was trying to save himself and trying to deal with what he thought was persecution. And yet God embedded in him this ministry to reach out to the people who have been scattered and left all about God and doing their own thing. And Peter was writing to them. He didn't send out Peter the crook or Peter the, uh, the one who ran away or Peter the guy who just didn't care, the hypocrite. No, it was Peter now, the apostle of Jesus Christ. See, persecution would either grow you or it would make you run away with speed in bitterness. And Peter went through all that for a spell. And as I think about my life, here am I, a young boy, having this great ministry, knowing in my heart what God wants me to do, and don't know how I was going to get it done because it costs to get things done. Later found out that you can pray all you want. It costs money to do missions. And then I envision a church with numbers great numbers. It didn't happen. And God kept us small for years and I'm still there burning within me. How am I going to get it done? You understand why you all are so meaningful to me and why I would plead with churches even if you send us $10 a month to help whatever, what we're doing is a help. You can understand and first say, oh, he always talking, begging, begging. I don't mind begging. I don't mind begging because God says to ask. And a whole lot of us think that God means that you must bombard him every time. No, sometimes the brothers are in God's place, the sisters are in, and you can ask the sisters too, and God will work through them. So I'm not afraid to ask. 
Not afraid to ask. When I was a boy, my mama always sent me up to my auntie who just to ask for some sugar, three miles walking. And my auntie would curse her, tell your mama I ain't got no more sugar. To and I walked, little boy, six years old, walking back crying. I don't mind begging. But I was wondering, what is it that God is giving me this job to do for? And I'm not educated. And then the white man made a mistake and told me that day, you've all got to stop doing what you're doing because you're not educated. And I'm glad he told me that. Because whatever happened, I went to school nonstop for the next 20 years. And still going to school. Brethren, the thing that sustained me is what God says about us in the word. This is not popular because we had a whole lot of problems in throat history. Whenever you talk about opposition in Christ, because of the fact that we always hear about what we can do for ourselves and we have to do, us, do for ourselves to get by in life, we have difficulty accepting that God has already done it for us. We always want to add something to it. And the one thing that blessed my heart that I was encouraged with is the fact that God chose you. And when he chose you, it was not because you were any good. It was not because he saw something good in you. Because the Bible tells us clearly that we are all the children of Adam. And Adam sinned. As a matter of fact, I even go further. Adam was the only man that had a completely free will to do what he wants. Because he was created by God. But we were born. So whatever we, 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 at birth, we inherited everything that our parents had. So that's what the Bible says, that all of us, out of Adam, are sinners by birth. Adam was not born, he was created. But we were born. So we become the hereditary subjects of everything that our parents had. And we have no jurisdiction over that. Wherefore, as by one man, says the scriptures, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men for all have sins. Don't come up here with your beautiful stuff. Talk about are you worth anything? We're worth nothing. Even our righteousness, as the Bible says, oh God. are as filthy rags. So the Bible says, Peter's saying, now I want to remind you, brothers, in your scattering and running away from the church, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who you are. Because you have been the person or you've been the people that were chosen by God. And God didn't choose you because he saw potential in you. That's not the correct meaning of choosing, cho choosing you, uh, uh, being chosen of God. Because there was no potential in us to do good. We are, we are a perpetual evil all by ourselves. And what we don't see is what God withholds. But we are evil and wicked. And God still looked 
through eternity. And out of all the hell-bound persons, because all of us were destined for hell in Adam. And God came and chose some of us before the foundation of the world so that some of us can be in hell having church. Fellow said to me one day, well, that means God chose some to go to hell. No, 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 God didn't choose anybody to go to hell. Adam did that. Adam messed up all of us. And all of us were going to hell. And God came in and said, all can't go to hell. I got to get some for myself. So he came. And if you read Matthew 1, 21, it's very clear. The Bible says there that his name shall be called Jesus. Why? For he shall save whom? God has a people. God has a people. You and I just don't know who they are. God has a people and we're, to, we're destined by God to preach the gospel because that's the means that God uses to bring his people to him. But God has a people. He's not out there with a machine gun. He's got a shot says, I got one here. No, no, no. God knows his people. Shows us in him from before the foundation of the world. Before you and I ever were born. We were in the mix. God had already had his mind on us. And at a point in time, he sent the gospel to be preached unto us. The only means that he uses to bring us unto him to let us know you're mine. That's why it's called redemption. In other words, something has been deemed God before, God's before, and now you got lost, so he's now redeeming you. He's getting you back where you're supposed to be. This is what brought comfort to my heart. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God. And when you study the word foreknowledge, the word know here has the same meaning of when it says Adam knew Eve. Had a relationship with Eve. He knew Eve. So God knew us. Had a relationship with us before the world was. We're not an afterthought. We're not an afterthought. We've been in the mind of God. And God, having foreknowing us, he predestinated us, according to the scriptures. So what we are today was predetermined by God. And we're just going along with God because we can't do anything otherwise. And if we do otherwise, he's going to get at us. And once we know who we are, and that's what sustained me in this mission until today. Because if it, when you come back, when you come by St. Thomas and see our church, we're not even 200 strong. Because people measure success today by numbers. And we are a sincere church because when the young people get, when I come here, bring them here, get them together in education, they don't come back. So we got to keep generating people all along but God has kept us so when you hear me ask you to help us don't feel bad don't curse me because God has given me a ministry he made me a part of a ministry his ministry and buried it deep within me that there was nothing else to do. That's why when I realized God called me to, to preach in the pastor church in 1963, I fired the job. Fired the job. Never had an, another full-time job since 1963. 
I know that's not normal because I had a family raising children and until this day, my mind cannot perceive how we made it. All I know, we made it over. That's what the Lord can do. Went to college and paid all my bills. Never know how they got paid, but they were paid. Couldn't eat lunch. Couldn't eat lunch in college because they didn't have any money. But God rested in my spirit. You're chosen of God. God has chosen you from before the foundation of the world. And whatever you're going through now is moot to your calling. Whatever you're going through now has nothing to do with what I predetermined about you. So you might as well get with it. Because what you're going through now is the path that I've chosen for you to go through. We must be buried deep in our hearts. We must have buried deep in our hearts that God has chosen us and we did not. Oh, I hear so many statements. Well, I, got, I just got tired of my sin and I came to Jesus. As I was, very one and sad, and found in him. And all of that sounds good, folk, but a lot of it is not really theological. You didn't find Jesus anywhere. He was not lost. When Adam sinned, he started running away from God, and God came after him. And God clothed him. And God brought him back. And that was grace. Because God didn't consider how he abandoned him, how he took everything against him. And God doesn't consider our ways either. He didn't consider how wicked we were. You ever found out that some people in church just not doing right? And God keeps blessing them? You wonder what's going on? I thought that you had to live right for God to bless you. Well, the Jews don't live right. And they're the richest people in the world. Talk to me, people. See, when God makes a promise, nobody can take that promise away. Not even you can do that. He will judge you when you don't realize who you are, because that's his presence, that's his power. But he will not take away the blessing that is placed upon you no matter how you do, no matter what who talk about you. God will bless you. So what did he say? And Paul and Peter share the same thing. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians. Who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. In heavenly places. Notice the tense. Hath blessed us. In other words at some point in the past. God has already. In other words it's a done deal. God has already blessed you. With all spiritual blessings. It's just for us to realize. Who we are and what we've got in him. So when you hear me talk about. I don't worry about debt. Don't about debt. Because I must be sure that whatever debt I get into. Is God's debt. And if it's God's debt, God doesn't owe anybody anything. God pays his debt. Because we are blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. And all of this took place before you were born. So why are we suffering now? Why are we catching hell now on our way to heaven? When God has already blessed us. 
with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. It's a done deal. You are already blessed. But the transition between here and there is the thing that bothers us. And that's what I've been going through all my life. Because I would see a need and we want to have that need met. And I pray to God, sometimes I even go and fast. Asking God to bless and God still wouldn't do it. I've got to come back to the, to the chorus. You have been chosen in him and predestined by him unto salvation. And now you got to work out the salvation, the human responsibility. Work out the salvation that I placed in you. And this is the pathway it goes. Don't blame God when you can't get, an, can't get a prayer through. Because God knows what he's doing. Folks, the, the bottom line is, when are we going to believe God? The Bible says, all things work together for good to those that love the Lord, to those who are the called. Notice now, to those who are the called according to his purpose. If you're among the the called, we shouldn't be worrying about anything. Whatever comes, yes, we may cry sometimes. We're human beings, we may cry. But God is always working it out for you in the end. Last thing I want to say here before I keep you too long is this thing. The text says that God hath chosen us in him from before the foundation of the world according to the abundance of his mercy. He had begotten us. Paul puts it in Ephesians 1. He says, God chose us in him according to the good pleasure of his will. What, what's good about us that God would choose us to be a part of his kingdom? It's not about any good in us, but it's according to the good pleasure of his will. Aren't you glad? Listen, when you got, when you when you got this deep in your soul, you cannot live wrong and enjoy living wrong because you've got a deposit in you that's not yours. It's God's and God says he lives in us both to do and to will his good pleasure. Because he chose us in him according to the good pleasure of his will. And the Bible says he according to the abundant Mercy, he hath begotten us. Closing, giving a description of grace and mercy. Now, grace is that act of God that doesn't consider who you are, what you are, what you're doing, where you are. He just puts it upon you. That's why, that's why John says in 1 John that he becomes a propitiation. In other words, just cover up that mess. He's a covering. Just cover, cover him over. Because God, if God, if God was to look at detail, all of us would go to hell. But he sent his son. Isn't that wonderful? He sent his son. So every time God sees us, he sees us not the way we are. He sees us through his son. And in his son is no sin. In his son is no corruption. Because he is holy and righteous. Therefore, as believers in Christ, we are righteous. 
Not because of any good things we have done, but we are righteous positionally in him. Every time God looks down, he sees us through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and his son took our sins and nailed them to the cross. And every time people accuse us, he said, look at my son. He's in my son. Oh, we have a lot to thank God for. We need to praise him every day. But hadn't it been for God, where would we be? It's only through Christ. We are what we are today. So grace comes down and looks upon our condition. Didn't consider who we are or what we are. And just grabs us and says, you're mine. That's why this fellow in the Old Testament couldn't understand when God came and told him, you're the man. He said, you're talking to me. I'm going to talk about Gideon. You're the man, Gideon. <laughs> and Gideon started giving God a test. So now if you... If you let the dew fall, was it, that was Gideon, right? Let the dew fall and, and wet around that thing, and God did it. He said, I'm still not convinced, God. Wet that thing now, but not around it. And God did all that, and Gideon still, I'm, you sure I'm the man? He said, you're the man. And why was Gideon, why, why did, a lot of people miss this. Gideon had about 57, 58 children by a whole bunch of women. So he knew he was unqualified. You're not calling me God because I'm a profligate sinner. You mean me? So you're the man. And so that's why Gideon gave God the test. Because he couldn't believe that God's grace, but see, grace does not consider your condition. Oh, yeah, now she doesn't do all she's doing. Now he, he finished living all the way. He wants to leave. He's going to church now. You don't understand. It's not that you're going to church. It's what God has done in your life. That's the big difference. So grace doesn't consider who you are and what you are, what you've done. He just saves you. But mercy is an act of grace that would pull up a chair and come to your room and sit down and say, baby, tell me what's wrong with you. Because he says, I can feel your pain. He said, I've been tempted in all points like you are, yet not without sin. But he said, don't be afraid to come talk to me because I'm, I'm not a man that cannot understand you. I understand your pain. That's what mercy means. Mercy moves who you are and understands your pain and tells you that that's all right, son. I know you're going wrong, but here's the formula. Just look to me, and because if any man sin, you know God is the God the Father will forgive him of his sins and cleanse him from all unrighteousness. Just come to me boldly and talk to me, because you, I'm not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of your infirmities. That's why I died for you. So grace and mercy working together. Too often we allow our mistakes and our mishaps to cause us not to give God glory. Yet we believe that all things work together for good. Brethren, whatever happens to you in life, don't think that the world is against you because your argument is not with the person. See, the person who, who hurts you, they're just a news carrier. They're just a male person. 
but they're not really the problem. The problem is that God has allowed this to come your way so that you can be stronger. You can do what God wants you to do. Don't take it as a defeat because God is organizing your life. He has predestined you to be what you are. So don't curse me because I bring bad news. Don't curse me because I do you wrong. Go to God and say, God, why? Why? And if you ever forget anything I've said today, remember this. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. And the price is the precious blood of Jesus Christ who died on Calvary's cross for your sins and for my sins. So your argument is not with anybody else but with God. Because God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Wherever you go, I'll be with you even unto the end. So if you catch hell in this life, don't blame hell. Go to God and say, God, why? And God will tell you why. But don't give up on God. Preacher said, we have this ministry. Didn't he say that? He didn't say you're going to get it. We have it. And if you've got it, then do it. Do it. Let God be seen in you. That's what the Bible says. You're predestined unto sanctification and holiness. God has sanctified us initially. Took us from the where we are and placed us over here and said, that's mine. That's positional sanctification. But now the Bible says, sanctify yourselves. You've got to take up now realizing who you are. As a sanctified person, you begin to live according to your whatness. You begin to live according to the status that God has placed you in. Living for God. And he says, obedience. And the only reason why we're catching hell is because we're not obedient to God and we're not sanctifying ourselves having been sanctified before the foundation of the world given to us by our God. God chose us in him to live holy. As a matter of fact, you are holy. You are holy positionally. But holiness positionally is only realized as you work it out experientially. So that others may see Christ in you and give God the glory. Did the Lord say anything to anybody today? Let's praise the Lord today. Let's praise the Lord today. Let's give him praise in the house. God came by and chose me when I didn't even care about him. Turn me around. Can't help coming to church. I don't want to come sometimes, but I can't help it because greater is he that is in me than he is outside of me. I can't help myself. Gotta be here. I gotta be in his will. God bless you. God bless you.